Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur, and this is Season 5, Episode 15. We've got Kate Warman on the podcast today. She is author, relationship coach, online educator, podcast speaker, um, all the things, and she's all about dating, digital dating, online dating. How do we navigate this world uh, for those people who are single out there? It's a topic we've never done on the podcast in five seasons. Figured it was time we talked about online dating, digital dating. It's a huge part of um, the cultural conversation right now. So look forward to jumping in with Kate Warman on that issue. Hey, have you jumped into the Digital Church Facebook group yet? Would love for you to join us. This past week, we flipped over the 700 mark. So we've just got a growing group of leaders sharing all kinds of ideas. This one guy this week was talking about their church is doing this online video game thing to have the pastors essentially like compete against each other and have people sponsor them. It's kind of an innovative idea. He can explain more to you if you join the Facebook group, Digital Church. There's a link down below. Thanks to everyone who's shared the podcast, who's posted about the podcast, who's rated the podcast. The only way more people can know about this and if you like the content, know about it is if you share it with them. So thank you to everyone who has been doing that. It just means a lot. It's encouraging to myself and this little team. Shout out to Brandon and Kristen who are helping make this podcast come to life week after week. All right. Last thing before we move into some more stuff is, of course, I want to tell you about our sponsors for this season. Amazing people at these organizations. Wycliffe College, it's the evangelical graduate school of theology that I went to. I went to seminary there. I did a master's of theological studies and I chose it because it was really academically robust. I already had you know, experience doing actual ministry. I didn't need so much some of that practical stuff because I was already doing it. And so I loved going to Wycliffe. They do have internship programs and all that practical stuff if you want it, but I leaned into a more academic focused program. And I was so enriched by it. You're talking about like world-class top scholars and you're in this Harry Potter vibe if you're able to go in person and not just do online classes. And uh, just really was an amazing informative time in my life. So I encourage you to think about it. if you're looking at uh, missions work or ministry work or you want to grow in your own discipleship and you have some big questions as we wrestle through faith in our time. I encourage you to check out wickliffcollege.ca slash digital. They got some free swag for you. So stop by and see them. I mean, if you let them know you were there, they're going to send you some free stuff. Who doesn't like free stuff? Also, of course, Compassion Canada is amazing partners in this ministry at Word Made Digital. We, you know, we just couldn't do what we're doing without them. And I love talking to the team over there to hear updates on what's going on around the world, the real impact that the church is making, helping from our churches to churches around the world that have huge needs. You know, we all have need, COVID, pandemic time, but Um, We can just make huge differences with things like child sponsorship through Compassion in Canada or Compassion in the country where you live. Um, I think of today Dr. Jose Pina. He's a medical doctor on the front lines of leading medical missions in this small town in the Dominican Republic. But he himself, before med school, before that, he was a child of compassion sponsorship. He was one of the children living in extreme poverty. He was one of the statistics. And because of sponsorship from someone like you or like me, 
It really changed the trajectory of his life. And then, of course, because of him, the trajectory of his family, the trajectory of the entire community as he's able to contribute back to it. So when you sponsor a child, it's it's joining a movement of Canadians and sponsors around the world who believe children in poverty. They, it's not just that they matter, but you can build a beautiful future, that it's possible to have a different future. And that's why child sponsorship matters. It mattered before pandemic. It definitely matters now and after it ensures that kids will survive and thrive. Visit Compassion.ca to sponsor a child today. Join me and sponsor a child with compassion. Click in the link below. All right, here we are with Kate Warman on dating, digital dating apps, online world of how to meet people in a pandemic, something we've never talked about on the podcast before. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. You're listening to Season 5, sponsored by Compassion Canada and Wycliffe College. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today. Joanna, I'm pumped to be here. My fellow Canadian, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, we just discovered that of all things, Kate who lives in California, I who live in Toronto, Canada, uh, we both were born in a very small suburban place called Ajax, yes. Ontario, Canada. It's so, so crazy. <laughs> I will tell you this. I was in Canada a few years ago. Unfortunately, it was for a funeral. But like mm-hmm. when I, I was like, wow, I haven't been in Can- been to Canada in a while. And I remember as I was showing them my passport, the man is like, welcome home. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh my gosh, what? He was like, you're Canadian. And I was like... I am Canadian. Oh my gosh, of course. But it had just been so long. And of course, like, I'm like my home. Like, I live in LA. What do you mean? But anyway, yeah. so Canada, That's Canada, awesome. Canada the Great. I love it. And um, everyone in Canada is very kind and nice. And so I'm excited <laughs> to chat with you today, Joanna. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really glad to have you because we have never talked about the digital world of dating, uh, Mm. five seasons of this podcast, and we never addressed the topic. So it's about time (laughs) that you showed up. I'm so glad you're here. So before we go too far, though, can you just introduce yourself a little bit to us? Mm. And then, you know, let's, let's see where the conversation about this digital dating stuff takes us. Cool. Yeah, I'm Kate Warman. So I live in LA, um, Santa Monica, and I really do love living in California uh, for work. And what I'm so passionate about is I'm a relationship coach. I run the podcast and the ministry Heart of Dating. And I absolutely love just walking alongside men and women who are walking through the journey of singleness and dating. Um, It's definitely an ambiguous world out there. And so I love and get such a joy to be able to walk alongside people who are going on that journey. I am also single. So I, all the entire process is not lost on me. I really understand what it's like. Um, I've been through just about every dating scenario imaginable. And so (laughs) that, I mean, for better or for worse, I have learned a lot of how not to do it. 
but also have been able to practice enjoying dating and experience the fullness of what I feel like God has shown me through connecting with other human beings. Also, I am a new, fresh, new author. Oh my gosh, it's so weird to say, but I wrote a book. Thank you for rejecting me. Um, comes out February 16th, and I am just so excited about that book. It's all about our different kind of life rejections that we go through, and it's not just about heartbreak. I want to just tell anyone listening now, it's not just about heartbreak. We go through rejections of all kinds, betrayal, mm-hmm. um, abuse, friendship rejections, job rejections, feeling like we don't belong or fit in, and then ways that we self-reject through our own inner self-dialogue, what we see about see in ourselves or about ourselves, what we tell ourselves, and we're already rejecting ourselves in many ways before other people can. So this book is to really help readers. As the subtitle says, transform pain into purpose, and learn to fight for themselves. So that's a little about me. (laughs) Okay, there's there's lots of threads we could pull on here. Um, But before we go too far, I mean, acknowledging that, um, you know, I was saying I've never addressed this topic of dating in this whole podcast is around the digital world of Christian life and digital yes. discipleship and evangelism. And and so it can meander into a few different ways, but we've never actually talked about dating, mm. um, mainly because I don't think I, I really wanted to talk about it. I also <laughs> am a single person who, you know, is trying to figure out this dating world. And uh, uh, it's just not really a topic I wanted to focus on in the podcast, <laughs> but I, I get asked about it behind the scenes all the time because of other single people in my life who are mm-hmm. struggling in it, maybe in some ways that I am or in ways I'm not at all. And yes. so can you lay, for, for people especially who are not single, I mean, a lot of people are saying, I hope that this podcast will encourage a single person, but if you're not a single person, I don't want you to just check out of the podcast because yeah. actually my hope for this podcast is that you can give some insight for people who um, who have not ever really gone through digital dating life, online dating stuff, uh, give them an insight into what that experience is um, for their friends, the people they pastor, um, for yes. them to know more. So can you lay the land a little bit? What is going on in the world of online dating in 2021? Uh, yes. What, do you have any stats or content? You can just tell us what's going on out there. Yeah, so I don't have all the stats from 2020, but I will give a few stats. So as of like before 2020, we need to get the 2020 stats. About 40% of people meet from online dating. And that number has increased exponentially throughout the years. And that also translates everyone into the Christian world. So there are a ton of stigmas out there, tons of myths about date online dating. And especially from the Christian perspective, I've heard a gazillion about why I don't want to try online dating, why that's not God's way for me to meet someone, this, that, and the other. And But the stats don't lie, y'all. Like 40% of people are getting married through online dating. Now, that stat is even higher after 2020 because I did read some articles last year that apps like Bumble and Hinge, like we're exploding through COVID. And so, I mean, I think the numbers last year went up to anywhere about 80% of people were on dating apps because, or like their numbers increased to that amount because, I mean, that was the way to meet people for the majority of last year. Uh, And so, yeah, online dating is very prevalent. And I really believe just to start off the bat, people ask me, Kate, do you online date? Yes, absolutely. I online date. Absolutely. Um, Have I had bad online dating experiences? Yes, absolutely. Like I (laughs) totally know about the 
crazy online dating stories. I've definitely had a lot of them. Have I also had good online dating experiences? Yes, I totally have. Have I seriously dated from an online dating app? Yes, absolutely. Do I know people that have gotten married from dating apps, Christian people who are thriving in their marriages? Absolutely. Uh, So there are, I mean, like all the perspectives, we can dive into anything, Joanna, but it is something that lots of Christians are like, ugh, I don't, I either don't want to do it because I'm traditional and I don't like to meet people that way, or um, I've done it, didn't work for me, or I had a bad experience and now I have plagued online dating to the grave. I'm never opening a dating app again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) One of those two things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's true. I think, you know, just by the stats alone, the um, the creepy mm. factor, I think, has gone away. You know, if we were talking <laughs> 10, 15 years ago about right. online dating, it felt like a creepy kind of a place. Yeah. Um, but, but what would you say sort of there has been a shift, would you agree? Oh, yeah. Um, that There's it's, a shift. It's, it's maybe like less of a stigma. But there is still, there is still this feeling like it's... Um, I'm not as good or something. It's like yeah, the it, consolation prize or something. There is a feeling that it's desperate. That's what I hear a lot. Oh, it's mm. so desperate. Mm, like it, I would only go online if I'm that desperate because it's like the worst of the worst. And I'm like, mm, okay, so like, do you not think any quality people are on there? The reality is, of course, online dating is just a means to expand your reach and your net. So like back in the day, and I see that as a gift because back in the day before we had any sort of technology, so many people lived in the same town for their whole life and married somebody in their neighborhood, you know? And like, not that that was bad, but maybe that was like, all the options you have. So in a, in a way, like if you think about that right now, just your neighbors or people on your street, like, do you want to marry anybody of those people? <laughs> the, probably not. Do I you mean, even maybe. know anyone on yes, your street? Yes, exactly. Well, that's question. true. <laughs> yes. yes. But, <laughs> you know, the reality is online dating is a way to meet more people. I also hear a lot of Christians are like, well, there's no good guys at, or girls at my church. No good singles. Nobody's single at my church. And I'm like, online dating. Hello. It's a way to expand our reach and our net. Um, and so I think that with expanding our reach and our net, you are going to meet and come in contact with a lot of people that you probably aren't interested in, don't like, or maybe are kind of weird. Like there are still weird people on the dating apps, but there's weird people yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Like there's, there are weird people all around y'all. Okay. So, and there's weird Christians. There's weird Christians at your church probably. Okay. So there are weird people everywhere. Online dating is not desperate. In fact, to me, if someone's online, it says, oh, they're really serious about trying to date and being open-minded. The one area, there's a lot we can say here. The one area you got to check yourself is when online dating becomes a vice and it becomes a need for validation and a need to like, ooh, someone swiped right on me and that makes me feel great about myself. And so you have to check your intentions. Why are you getting online? Getting online to expand your net of meeting people is not desperate. Absolutely not. If you're getting online because you need a hit of dopamine to have a guy or somebody like you, um, that isn't the best intention. And so it doesn't mean you're desperate. I would just check your intentions and get real with yourself about why you're on there. So um, that's what I say about that. (laughs) So, I mean, 
there are some things that do work about online dating. I mean, just you've said that 40% of, I don't know if it's marriages or long-term relationships, sort of whatever successful relationship means are, are coming from an online place these days. It makes sense. I mean, I, you do your banking online, you build your business online. I mean, like you make business related connections on the internet. You, um, I mean, you, you ever everything we buy these especially if we're in a lockdown <laughs> yeah uh, we're in a lockdown here in in Toronto so you know you're buying everything typically online I mean a lot of our life is spent interacting in these online spaces so it makes sense um mm -hmm. that there's yeah. relationship stuff happening there too but there yeah. are things that are kind of unnatural or um mm -hmm. difficult about the online world I mean like let's yes. talk about like, let's talk about that. Like what, the, there are some great things about it. Okay. Your network, uh, your network's expanded. Your, you've increased, what did you say? Widened your net. Yeah. But there are some like genuine frustrations or things to be discouraged about online dating. You want to talk about that a little bit? Like, yes. Yeah, so the first, like, what does yeah, the work first, or what can be hard? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, lots of things can happen. First, um, you meet and see a lot of guys or girls that you just are not your type. Um, and when it comes to the, being a Christian, you meet a lot of people potentially that aren't of the faith, you know, they aren't Christian. And so you're meeting a lot of people or there's a lot of, uh, there is a capacity where people can lie and fake things. You know, I can pull pictures of myself when I thought I looked my best five or 10 years ago and put that on there and pretend that that's what I look like today. Or I can say I'm a Christian and believe all these things. But then when it comes down to it, maybe I just go to church every once in a while or only on holidays you know, anybody can check the box of I'm a Christian, right? Like so many people check that on the census, like what is, or whatever. My faith is I relate to Christianity in some capacity. Maybe that's how my parents raised me in a way, but I barely go to church. I don't really have that relationship with God. I'm not really walking with the Lord. So there's a lot of like, of course, faking it. And there's a lot of potentially not good matches for you on there. And then we also go into the communication piece. So I think a big area of disappointment is it's really easy because most of this is done over texting, you know, just messaging back and forth that the person can disappear. The person can ghost and they don't know you. So a lot of times people, because it's a dating app, they don't feel that bad about it. They're like, there's a, mm. so there's a lot of ghosting happening, especially on online dating. You, so that means... You know, the translation for people, if they're new yes. at this, uh, you know, you've matched with someone, meaning that both sides have agreed that they have said, yes, I'm, I like this yeah. person or I'm interested in knowing more about this person. So now yes. you've made a match and then you might say, hey, how are you? Or how's your weekend? Or I don't know, whatever. One yeah. party says something and then no one ever even ever replies or you've been chatting for a little while back and forth and then they disappear, which is this ghosting? That's especially scenario. it. When they're already engaging in the conversation and then yeah. suddenly they disappear, that is what we call ghosting. Yeah. So ghosting definitely happens on there. And on the rare occasion, 
it does still happen, but on the rare occasion, you have catfishers and people who are faking their identity and blah, 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 blah. But I don't like to spend too much time there because, of course, we have to be careful. But also, like, I just don't like to put any messaging out there that lives makes us live in fear. Like, you can meet anybody who's not who they say they are <laughs> just in real life, you know? So it happens all the time. There are catfishers on there as well. Be careful. You know, don't be... There's a lot of ways to be smart in that capacity. But those are some of the disappointments with online dating. I would say (laughs) that there's not good quality people, that a lot of people are not serious about commitment and ghost, and or that people um, aren't serious about their faith. And once I get to know them, it's very disappointing because they're just are not the kind of person I'm looking for. Yeah, and and there's this... There's this thing too that that I hear a lot of my friends talk about. I feel this too is the superficiality of it. So mm. when you um, good point when you walk in a room, there's so yeah. much you can read off of someone by what room it is and like like what room mm-hmm. they chose to enter. You know what party they're at. So who's their friends and um, how they carry themselves in that room and their body language mm-hmm. and how they treat people. Even just in a moment, you can catch some of that at a distance. Not a lot, but you catch a little bit. And online, all you're getting is this two-dimensional version of a few photos. Usually men have photos of themselves with large fish. This seems to be a thing. <laughs> and I'm sure women, there's a thing oh for women God. too. Like there's these certain photos that women think men are going to like this photo of, I don't know, yes. me doing a marathon or something. There's these classic oh photos that both genders think the other's going to be impressed by that everybody posts. The guy but with it's the such puppy. A limited, that, and like, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's such a limited part of, mm. of the whole person. Which it's, it's just hard to read. And so um, yes. you're judging someone. And I, I have found that I feel terrible after this after this swiping session of going through all these profiles because I just feel like I've judged everybody. And you mm. feel bad about yourself and you feel bad about them. And yeah. like in a room, you probably have done the exact same thing if there were 100 people in a room you've done a yeah. you've kind of done the same quick check of who's around and if there's someone you might want to get to know or does it look like that person across the room might be single and kind of cute or whatever but it's but um, but you didn't have to like physically make a yes no decision and so it's it can be right. quite exhausting do you want to I'm guessing meandering and yeah. I'm explaining some of this because a lot of people listening um would be people who've never done online dating because they're married mm. and they have been since before digital <laughs> yes. was a part of dating. So yeah. I'm kind of going into the details of that to give people a picture. But maybe give some empathy to those who've gone through it. Talk to us about the yeah. burnout factor in this online dating mm. thing. Because it can be really hard after a while or tiring. Oh, it's so true. The burnout, I just want to touch on first, the superficiality is so real. And we just, again, we come back to our intentions. It's okay to... Sw- to say no to somebody. They, you know, like I don't have to date every single person I come in contact with. We do have preferences. <laughs> God, you know, like that would be nuts. I would be literally dating all the time. Um, that is not God's will for our life to be dating 24 yeah. seven or to like, sure. oh, you said hello to me. Let's go on a date. No, like you don't have to do that. And we have a certain level of preferences that God wired us all in unique ways. And so I think that we just have to check ourselves. Are my preferences so 
strict and stringent that I'm saying no to everybody. And then obviously there's the other side. Am I saying yes to anyone because I just want validation? So you're just, it really comes down to the individual. I can't speak that into anybody's life. You have to check yourself. Am I saying no to everyone? And maybe I should consider being more open-minded and just having a conversation. The thing about it is it's a, this is very low stakes. Online dating is the lowest stakes possible. You haven't met that person. It's very low stakes. So I would put it as a very low stakes thing in your mind. Not that you're not going to be kind to another human being, not that it's an excuse to ghost. That's never acceptable in my opinion, but rather that it's a low stakes thing. Meaning if the person isn't interested in you, if nothing goes anywhere, it was low stakes. I don't really know them anyway. So you can kind of remove your attachment to this having to work out. So I think that if we can go in with that mindset, it also helps us with the burnout. Um, This is a low stakes operation. I'm taking a part of this as a way to see what God may show me as trying something new. Uh, And, but it's low stakes, you know, that's, that's all it is. I don't know this person personally. Uh, On the flip side, if you are finding yourself in major burnout, you have challenged yourself to get online and you have been trying it and things have not been going well. First of all, nothing wrong with taking a break, deleting the apps for a bit and coming back when you're ready. Another thing that I do for myself is I give myself time limits. You know, the endless, like, just like I have to do with Instagram. Oh my gosh. That's a whole different digital media thing in itself with dating even. But like, I have to give myself limits and boundaries. So if I am on the app and I'm swiping, I'm like doing it 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. And that's it. Like I'm not doing it in between things. I'm just, just certain times of the day so that I'm not there forever and getting burned out because I've been sitting there for an hour and I haven't found like more than one guy that I'd be interested in. You know, that, that will feel, that can start to feel discouraging and pay attention to yourself. If you are finding yourself like feeling discouraged, feeling sad, just get off the app and that's on you. You notice yourself feeling discouraged. Cool. I'm going to get off right now. I'll try again later. Uh, So the burnout factor is real. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, can you help people understand a little bit too around, I mean, you're sort of talking about time limits and burnout, but how much time does Mm. it actually take to make it work? Meaning if you're only on for five minutes, is that actually going to get you anywhere? How? I mean, if someone's saying, okay, I'm serious about this, 2021, I actually do want to make a go at this. Um, how much would you have any kind of measurements of like, I recommend you because even like now you've matched with people, you have to talk to them all. Uh, and in yes. order to talk, you have to talk to them or try and talk, try and start a conversation to, uh, you know, get to know them a little bit. That takes a lot yes. of time. How much time yes. would you say someone, how, how much time would you recommend someone take if they're deciding I'm serious about this? I want to put the time in. I still recommend the same 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. And I say, don't get on every app possible. You know, choose one to two apps that you're focusing on in this season. If you're not loving them, you switch apps next season, you know? So one to two, you stick to one to two. And if you have If you start matching with people, you start forming conversations, that 10 minutes is I'm responding to that person. Here's my jam about how talking to the guy or girl that you've matched to. 
I believe in getting off the app as soon as possible. I believe that that is just a medium to connect and I want to move off the app as soon as possible. Um, I've actually said this before COVID, but I believe the first step to getting off the app is just getting on a phone call or a FaceTime call. But that's actually perfect now in COVID because a lot of people don't want to meet up anyway because of COVID right now. So a FaceTime call or a phone call in the very least just allows you to hear their voice, their tone, like get to know them a bit more. And again, y'all, it is low stakes. I mean, the best part about a phone call versus in person, if it's not going well, oh, my mom's calling, gotta go. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily lie to them, but you do not have to stay on that call. Like you don't have to talk with them for four hours. A lot of people are like, oh, but then I get stuck on the call. If you get stuck on the call, it's because you allowed yourself to get stuck on that call, you know? So make, if you feel exhausted, don't spend a long time talking to people. Just get on a phone call for 20 minutes, get to know them a little bit, see how it goes. That's it. And then continue forward. Maybe schedule another phone call. Um, so the phone call for me is very critical because the texting back and forth for weeks on end, that can you can start building an emotional connection with somebody that then, you know, a few weeks in, they end up ghosting you. And you're like, but I just spent all this time messaging them, you know? So instead of doing that, few message exchange back and forth, just a few days, and then suggest a phone call. I love that. Very practical. So (laughs) do you you have any things that you would say to people about when they're um, building their profile? Um, What you know, what to avoid. Um, I mean, beyond obvious things like don't, maybe don't overshare about your terrible history with dating or something, (laughs) but what would be some things that you think actually work? Um, because so many of these profiles kind of sound the same. Yeah. So the first thing is when you're creating your resume, you want to like build the best picture of yourself without being misleading. So your resume should include the best things about you. I'm talking about a business job and no dating is not a job, but you want to present yourself in a great way. You are a valuable person. You have amazing things to bring to this world. You have unique interests. You have hobbies. God has a unique calling on your life. So you want your profile to represent you who you are and be a good representation of what you have to offer uh, without like faking it, you know? So don't use the photo from five years ago or a few years ago when you felt skinnier. You want to use an authentic, this is me in the last six months, preferably six months to a year. Fine. If you're in your sweatpants, this is COVID. Okay. Just be six months to a year. I would keep it to that. Um, and think about like, what am I trying to present here? Just like in a resume, I want to present who I really am here. So that means, you know, you want to share a little bit about your personality, something fun. So on mine, I always am like, I love Jesus, Celine Dion and Disneyland, you know, something like that. Like I'm giving them a few of my favorite things and like a good karaoke, like a good karaoke night will always make me laugh. I love awkward dance moves. You know, I'm going to give them little funny parts, something that can be a conversation starter gives them a bit of my personality. I'm also going to be unashamed about what I'm there for. So somewhere in my profile, I'm going to say, I'm serious about God, my faith, and, um, you know, 
I love my church community. That's a really important part of my life. I'll say something in that vein. I mean, every app is different with the kind of question prompts, the space they give you. So I'm kind of being generic, but say something Mm -hmm. about your faith, that you're looking for a serious relationship, that you're looking to actually date, um, not just to like have a good time. You You wanna put your real intentions. Now, if you are just looking to have a good time, that okay sure you just want to meet people just be real about your intentions on there um and then when it comes to pictures everyone asked me about this what photos do i post oh my gosh definitely use a variety of photos um this is going to sound ridiculous but one of the number one photos i recommend is like the bachelorette photo which is like a half body photo with where they can clearly see your face and you're smiling and you have no sunglasses on You want to make sure they can see your eyes, they like see your face, they get like a sense for your smile, personality, the bachelorette shot, like he, you want something like that. I actually also recommend that for guys. A lot of people do like these far away shots or these shots with sunglasses on or a group photo and I'm like, I have no idea what you even look like. Like, which one I of just, these people is you? Where's Waldo? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, or you're all the way <laughs> over there standing at Yosemite, and I'm like, cool background. I have no idea, like, who, what you look like. So, you want to make sure they can see you. I also recommend a full body shot so that they could see, like, you know, what you actually look like, full body, uh, and give them like a sense of your personality doing something fun. I always put, put put a picture of me at Disneyland up there because that's my fave. And if they love Disneyland, they're going to comment on it. And already that's a point of conversation, right? Um, maybe you like hiking. Maybe you like painting. Like do po- post a photo of something you love. Um, I also encourage a photo of like you dressed up. So at a wedding or something, you want to show them you in different environments. You know, again, it's like diversity. I want to show them at things in different environments. Um, so that, those are just a few suggestions. Yeah, I great. also have a lot of profile don'ts. I kind of spoke to some of those, but yeah, I have a lot of those as well. <laughs> yeah, there's probably <laughs> a very long list of those. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the don'ts. And some of them, you know what, actually... Sometimes I I guess I feel like keep the don'ts in because you actually help me filter quicker. <laughs> um, you know who yeah, I think sure, needs more like, more help though is guys need help with their profiles. I really want to help. Can we talk the about that then? Their... Actually, it was on my yeah. my questions. I'd hope we get to the difference between I don't know where you want to go with this, but just the gender difference in online dating. Um, you know, I, I think there are, there seem to be way more women looking to date online than men. So the ratios are kind of wonky. There seem to be more, especially in the Christian world, Christian women than men, mm. um, how we approach online dating. And I don't know anything you, anything you want to say about the gender situation. You know, I think that if a guy's online for the most part, if he's a Christian guy and he's online, he's most of the time there because he actually wants to date. Like, so that is, so I think we do have a stigma that, oh my gosh, these guys don't want to date. I can't speak to all the non-Christians. Sure. Some of them might just be on there for a hookup. That's what dating apps are like. That's their stereotype. You know, it's a hookup thing and people are on there to just have sex and all that stuff. I think if this is a Christian man, he's most likely online because 
that's his way of trying to reach his net further to meet more women. And this might be an approachable way to do that. Guys are just as afraid, if not more afraid of rejection than females are. (laughs) So sometimes online dating is like an easy in, like, oh, okay, I can ask them out or get to know them on an app. And it's, it removes the question of if they're interested in you or not. Cause if you match, you already know this person decided to match with me. So that's kind of like from a guy's perspective, kind of a plus and a bonus, you know, because they're like, they're talking, I'm, I can reach out knowing that they matched with me. So they're probably in some capacity into me versus talking to the girl at the coffee shop where they have no idea what they'll say. So, um, I will say for guys that, just they have a hard time knowing how to present themselves. And this is across the board. I mean, guys, notoriously, and I'm so sorry, guys, but they just don't take the best photos or um, like they look very different in real life than in their photos sometimes. And that is a little bit of a stereotype, but I've just found it to be true that the ladies just know the guys need to work on their profiles. We know that, but be open-minded about that. On the flip side, women, We tend to like be really, and guys' biggest complaint that I've heard is that women are so misleading on their profile, that they Mm -hmm. like use pictures that don't actually look like them, that we use filters, the best angles, we're editing our photos, and we actually come like to not look anything like what they're seeing in these photos, which it doesn't mean that they're not going to be attracted to us, but it just already sets them off as like, this doesn't feel right because it feels like I was misled, you know? And so be, again, I can't stress enough how you need to just own what you look like. Even if you put on a few pounds, like you just got to be who you are in this exact moment because you want whoever's going to be with you to embrace all of you as you are right now. Uh, So those are some of the differences online. Now, then, of course, we have like apps that the women reach out first and things like that. So there's a lot of different dynamics happening on these dating apps with men and women. Um, You know, the the like the last two places I want to get to would be around this book that you've written around rejection. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I also want to talk about, you know, I I would love you to address leaders, um, leaders in the church and what you as uh, on behalf of single people, what you would like them to know or how you would like them to speak about this singleness or dating. Um, so which, whichever one you want to tackle first, but I, those are sort of my, my last two big topics to hit with you. Yeah. Well, I can talk about anything with the book. Is there anything just rejection related to online? You let me know. Okay, so thank you for rejecting me, this book about rejection. And so much of dating is this risk of rejection, Mm -hmm. as you said. For guys and for girls, rejection is hard. The older you get, I think the more cautious you become with dating because you've been hurt a few times. Um, So um, who do you you hope this book is for? Who did you write it for? And um, who do you hope is going to connect with like the practical content that you're writing about rejection? Yeah. So the book honestly is not just a dating book. It's not just rejection and dating because I believe we reject ourselves. We experience so many rejections that then affect how we show up in life in and in our relationships inadvertently. So um, this book is really for anyone who's been through a rejection and that finds themselves weighed down, crippled by a fear of rejection of any kind. Um, so whether that stops them from putting themselves out there in trying a new job or an opportunity, 
whether it stops them from being a part of that friend group because they just they can't even reach out and make the first move. They don't feel worthy or qualified, whether it's in a relationship and they feel nervous and afraid, like I've been through so much hurt and so much pain. I don't want to put myself out there because it might end like last time, whether it's they feel felt rejected from family, like someone left them and abandoned them. They felt that their family never really accepted them or people in their life didn't really understand who they were. They always felt misunderstood. It's for that person. And it's for the person who finds themselves dealing not only with external rejections, but really terrible internal rejections, what they think Mm. of themselves, how they see themselves, their body image, um, how the gifts that they have to this world, maybe they think that they're not that unique and they're not that wonderful. Maybe they tell themselves really terrible messaging and that messaging stops them from putting themselves out there to be, to do something incredible with their lives. Um, maybe it's even the person who feels right now, like God is rejecting them, you know, that God, is not great to them, that God is silent in their life. So it's really the book is every chapter is a different kind of life rejection. And so if you've dated and been through lots of rejection, absolutely, this is going to help you. But it also is more than that. So uh, I write it through the lens of my stories, the personal things I have experienced, some of the weight of really, really dark and hard rejections. Um, I could think of, you know, chapter two of my book is all about self-hatred and just mm-hmm. internally under the layers, what I really think about myself, if I'm really honest, what are the darkest parts of my soul that are screaming and are really loud, uh, that I used to never want to face. I would just try to push them down, like just stay down there, just stay down there. But they were really eating away at me. And I had to address those inner self beliefs and the self hatred that I had for myself. Um, and the hatred I had for past versions of myself, um, because I, would feel a lot of shame about who I used to be in my previous times in my life. Um, I also talk about things like abuse and rape and, and just hard things that make you feel like really used and worthless and question a lot of things about yourself and your life. So the book is, um, I titled it, thank you for rejecting me because we deal with some hard topics in this book. And yet I wanted to give the reader, uh, um, a, little glimmer of hope that like, thank you for rejecting me kind of is like, you know, cheeky. And it's like, thank you for rejecting me. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, thank it, you next. <laughs> yeah. Thank you next. Right. I reference that in the book, but it's kind of like this internal knowing without saying the cheesy, you know, rejection is God's protection. Rejection is redirection. It really is that <laughs> I have learned that we may not see it in the moment, but each rejection will redirect us to something else. And Mm -hmm. if we allow ourselves to go through the pain of it, heal from it, face it, it could redirect us to something absolutely incredible that we never thought imaginable. But if we don't heal from it and like, stay under the weight of the the yeah. burden and and the lies and the shame we may get stuck and ne- and miss the opportunity of that redirection that i really believe god wants for all of us through the pain that we're experiencing so that's uh, what the books who the book so is so good for. <laughs> like all the things no but so important um i think that one of the criticisms of millennials is talking about that they lack resilience And so Mm -hmm. thank you for rejecting me is about being resilient too. It's about um, being hurt, knocked down, maybe in a very significant way or in some small ways, 
um, yeah. and being able to stand again, keep going, yes. um, and yes. uh, believe truth about who we are and our our belovedness in Christ. Yes. Um, yes. So, just in general about this topic, you know, I'd love for you to. You know, what are the things around dating, reject the, the pain, the, so the rejection side of dating, but the yeah. world of digital online dating. You have so many people who I think who are leading churches who are speaking every Sunday, um, people who are listening to this podcast who have met and married their partner long before online dating was um, as significant mm-hmm. in the world as it is now. Maybe they were married before the internet, you know, but but yeah. <laughs> um, they're ki- trying to care for and counsel their congregation. Um, and I find a lot of these kinds of leaders say a lot of the wrong things or s- sort of <laughs> reveal that they have no idea what they're talking about in their advice. So what are some things that you wish that they would say or um, some encouragement to them as they care for single people? in their congregation. Yeah, I think single people often feel forgotten and we have a lot of churches with marriage ministries and children ministries, youth ministries. We very rarely have singles ministries and churches that really invest into singles. Um, But those singles are eventually going to be potentially married and potentially have kids. So why don't we start developing those people now? In fact, Jesus was single and Paul was single and Paul actually did so much with his life to the point that he in Corinthians was like helping married people. I mean, he talked Mm. about love and relationship and marriage and he was a single person. So God can use single people in beautiful, amazing ways. I think that sometimes it is hard to hear from a pastor who got married at 20, who doesn't know dating and, or got married really young to say like, Singleness is a gift. You know, I mean, I just hear that from a lot of singles and I can say it and I'm not saying pastors don't say this, but like I can say it because like I actually am in the singleness and I see mm-hmm. the beauty that's within it for myself. But mm-hmm. when you've been married since you've been tw- you were 20 years old, you saying to me singleness is a gift and what an awesome time. I'm like you have no idea because you've never experienced it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like don't tell me what my singleness is. You don't get it, okay? Like yeah. and so, but that doesn't mean we don't want pastors to speak on it. What I do wish that they spoke on is more biblically, what is singleness supposed to be? What does God say about our identities? How do we find our calling right now? I think that there's a lot of emphasis from the church to really focus on being used when you're married. But mm-hmm. we don't as much talk about how we can be used and how God has a call for our life right now as singles. I think whether the church is wanting to showcase this or not in our faces, because there's so much emphasis on marriage and children, the messages we're constantly being sent as singles is like, you are important when you get married. You are important when you have a family. Um, you can be used when you are married and have kids or are a mother or a father. And that's mm-hmm. just not the case. Sure, God will use us in those seasons. God also can and will do amazing things in our singleness. And so I think, don't tell me like singleness is a gift. However, help me in whatever way you can to steward this singleness in a biblical way. Help me come alongside of me to understand why God potentially created singleness and what I could be doing as a single in this time. I think um, we just want to be acknowledged. We want better tools to live out this season. And as much as possible, if they feel totally unqualified, because I've talked to lots of pastors who are like, I can't speak on online dating. I don't understand. I don't get dating today. Okay. 
then please serve the singles in your church by bringing somebody in who can speak on it. Like we need voices in our church communities who are willing to talk about things that they don't know about, you know, like just because you feel totally unqualified, we don't want you to be silent. (laughs) It's okay to say you don't know and ask for help. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Insert therapy. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I um, you know, just someone this week sent me a link to a conference about singleness that they're considering going to. And I looked at the mm-hmm. lineup of the, I mean, there's lots of speakers, but the main keynote lineup along the top is all people who've been married for a long time. And yeah. it's like, but it's a conference for single people and the yeah. main speakers don't know the single experience in a meaningful way in the 2020s, in a pandemic, you know, in a digital online dating context. Like, you know, you may have been single at, there was a time in your life where you were single, but if, if it was when you were 22 in the 1990s, that's not the same as it is when you're 35 in 2021. <laughs> right. And so it doesn't totally. mean you don't have value to offer. But if the, if those are the people at the conference, like, oh, maybe we should have people who are single uh, speaking at a single conference. We need more variety. <laughs> or people who just got married, too. I think it's a variety. Like, yeah, I try to course. build my ministry, my podcast, on all sorts of voices. You yeah. know, so if if you're a pastor, you have something to say, whatever you have to say, you need to offer that to the singles. And for the things you don't know about, bring in a sex therapist, a Christian sex therapist to talk about sex for singles. Because when you're in your thirties, that stuff is hard to navigate. We need Mm. help and guidance (laughs) and we don't need you to just say, avoid temptation. No, like, please, I need somebody who's going to be real about the fact that this is hard. <laughs> well, and it. I need to. We I didn't want even. To know yeah, more. we didn't even touch on that. But yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the pastoral advice to a single sixteen-year-old. There has to be different nuance to the advice of someone in their thirties or forties who's a single person. <laughs> um, the yes. same. The same with. Uh, um, not, with with sex, obviously, but also just with dating yeah. in general. Dating when you're twenty mm. is very different than dating when you're forty, and. Uh, yes, all those things. So I, I love what you're saying. Um, of course, of course, single people want to hear from married people. It's not to the exclusion of, but I think there are some things where we should all say, ah, it's not my area of expertise. Let's bring in some some support team here. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think just a lot of people are like, I don't have the time and capacity to, I'm like, yes, you do. You can, you have, the singles are a big majority in our country. Do you know the stats on that? Do you know what the latest stats are on what percentage is single? I just know that the majority of people are single now to the age of roughly 29. So I guess that depends on the church and what average age their church is. But if you consider that, then you need to consider that potentially a big chunk of your church are single if the average age of people who are getting married is 29. Now, if you live in a big city or you're in a city like Toronto, New York City, LA, those stats are higher. Like, yeah, it's in your 30s, right? Because like I'm 31. Most of my friends, well, they're all kind of getting together now and getting married in their 30s though. Like, you know, but- it's be, it happens more so in your 30s in these areas. Yeah. Well, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the general stats on singleness, it's something like 40 or 50% of adults are single. So whether yeah. that's single, never married, single, divorced, single, widow, widower, 
-hmm. there's many ways to be single, um, but it means that in the congregations that we're serving, um, you know, half the people in the room are not married. And so yes. uh, let's talk to them like they're in the room. And yes, yes, <laughs> yes exactly, Kate, Joanna. A hundred percent. If people, people want to, if people want to find you, uh, people, I mean, there's, there's a course you do. There's this book you've written. There's all kinds yeah. of resources that you have on this issue that would be for single or, or married people, um, who want yeah. more content. Where do they, where do you want to send them? Where do they find you? Yeah. If you go to heartofdating.com that you can find a lot on there. And then connect with us on Instagram. We're very active at at Kateness, K-A-I-T-N-E-S-S, or at Heart of Dating. And we share all the things over there. Also, our podcast, Heart of Dating, available anywhere, is also we do lots of announcements. You can connect to us through there. My book is available anywhere, or you can go awesome. to thankyouforrejectingme.com and find out all the info as well. Uh, but we got lots of fun things, courses, coaching, a dating service that we offer, online dating service, in fact. We lots of things. So we'd love to connect with you. Or if you're a church leader and you need some resources for your people, here you are. Share Heart of Dating with them, and hopefully that can also be a blessing for them too. <laughs> Kate, thanks so much. Uh, an important conversation. Uh, we've kind of just scratched the surface in some ways of a huge, huge yeah. topic, but... Um, significant for discipleship uh, in this digital world. So thank you so much for investing your life into this and being a voice <laughs> for, for single people. Thanks, Joanna. So awesome to have this convo. I have fun talking about it. So thank you. For, with that. It was such an honor. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, thank you for the conversation. Entering in with a bit of fear and trepidation into a conversation about Dating, not something I thought we would talk about on the podcast, but after five seasons, I'm so glad we did. Um, encourage anyone who uh, found this helpful, share it with a friend. Also, next up on the podcast, we have Dr. Anita Knight Coonley, and we're talking about the Mr. Rogers effect, what we can learn about bringing out our best from this beloved neighbor, Mr. Rogers. So if you liked Mr. Rogers, if you know someone else who grew up on Mr. Rogers, tell them to check out that episode. Thanks so much of course, to our sponsors, Wycliffe and Compassion Canada, who are making this possible. Compassion Canada, I'd like you to think about um, checking out what it looks like to sponsor a child. Uh, you can go to compassion.ca to see what that is. You can check out some stories of children who've gone through the program and grown up to be contributors back into their own communities, transforming the community themselves, multi-generational change because of your sponsorship. And um, it's just an amazing opportunity. Of course, also at Wycliffe College, if you go there uh, to grow in your own development and discipleship, hey, they also want to send you some swag if you drop by the website. So click that link below, wycliffecollege.ca slash digital. Let them know you were there and you can learn about the college, but you can also get some free stuff in the mail. Everybody loves that. All right, I'm going to see you in the Digital Church Facebook group. I'd love for you to check out the tutorials we do every week and can't wait to see you back next week when we talk about Mr. Rogers. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world.